Blog Talk Radio. We ain't nothing but some true junkies. We ain't nothing but some G's. Yeah. G's on the podcast. Instead of sipping, sipping, swinging three, swinging three, Outsiders Boxing Podcast, coming to you on the 1st of July on this beautiful Sunday in 2018. Boxing fam, what's going on, man? How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a good 4th of July weekend, indulging on the safe side, taking care of business, getting ready for the festivities to come this Wednesday. Had a pretty good week of boxing. A lot of entertaining fights that happened in the last 24 hours. Had Top Rank put on another show that was put out by the ESPN Plus app. Wonder how everybody's taking that one in. Other than that, man, there's a a whole lot of stuff we got to get to and talk about. But having a really good weekend, nonetheless. Um, Been enjoying myself. And enjoying the sport that we've been uh, uh, fortunate to, to cover for this last year and some change here at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Kicking it right now. Trying to beat this heat, man. This heat is coming. But, um, you know, they also had uh, some classic fights on ESPN2 yesterday that I want to get to in a second here with my man. Uh but, yeah, just a whole lot, a whole lot going on yesterday. If, we, if you're a boxing fan, you got to enjoy a full day of boxing because on the ESPN Plus app they had fights overseas as well and uh, over in the U.K. So pretty much boxing on all day. And as I mentioned, ESPN2 had classics. They had Pacquiao Marquez in the third or fourth fight <laughs> in there with old man Chavez Sr., a whole lot of good stuff, man. But um, let's take it to my man coming out of Houston, Texas. Always traveling. He's a world traveler, just like Janelle. So I never know if he's at home or not. But take it to my tag team partner, which I hold gold with here in the podcasting world. Will of the King, D. Willow Wilson. What's going on, my brother? How you doing? Oh, man. Uh, happy Sunday. Good uh, afternoon, everybody. Um yeah, man, feeling good. Um, I'm at the crib. The heat, like you said, we having a heat wave. The heat is on. Uh, it's coming. It ain't even there yet, but it's coming. So I'm out here just chilling, man, ready to talk a little boxing. Like you said, boxing was on all day. Uh, looks like ESPN had had it on lock the whole day. I guess they had it on the app and then the regular uh, show. So they had everything up to the – everything all day from, I guess, the U.K. on the app to the uh, undercards of the uh, show in uh, Oklahoma City. 
and then ESPN had the had the main fight. So, yeah, um, a lot of boxing to talk about, and yeah, I'm excited to do it, man. Like always, Merry Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, what, what you got planned for the Fourth uh, of July coming up? Will is there anything in particular you guys do, or you just kick it at the crib and light off some Texas style fireworks? Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, we'll probably just be chilling, barbecue, uh, fireworks at night. You know, nothing much. Maybe at the pool. Just chill. You know, 4th of July is usually the day for barbecue and family, man. So that's we have no plans yet, but I'm pretty sure that's what we'll be doing. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering because, like, you know, over here in town, there's uh, over at the Tachi Palace where uh, um, we had our first uh, credential uh, put-up event, and Bob Aram had a few top-ranked events going on over there at the Tachi Palace. But, like, uh, the palace is right in my backyard from where I'm at here in town. And uh, a lot of people would like to go out there for Fourth of July because they have those, you know, um, really big show for, uh, um, you know, it's like a high school uh, graduation type of fucking fireworks that go off, and they make a big deal about that. Or they just go out to the high schools nearby, and they also do that too. So um, for me, I don't, you know, I, I, I go to my my family's house for a little while, then I'll swing over to my partner's house. Uh, for a little while, and I just basically go house to house for 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 the most part um, on the Fourth of July. So um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, uh, I was just wondering if you guys do anything uh, in particular out there in Texas and and how that goes off. Because you know, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but you know, you know how it is. They say everything's bigger in Texas. So um, I don't know. Oh if yeah, you guys I'm sure the like our little city will have a have a fireworks show. Uh, the city over will have everybody's going to have their own little fireworks show. So uh, yeah, then there'll have be a big one downtown that we should be able to see downtown Houston. So you know, yeah, fireworks will be popping all night once it's once the sun goes down about nine thirty. Goddamn. Yeah, at least that's a long fucking time. Yeah, I'm over this shit already, man. Um, but hey, Will, did you see the? Uh, it was yesterday on ESPN too. Like I said, ESPN had all the boxing going on yesterday. I was wondering if there was some sort of um, a fighter's birthday or some shit when I seen the old fights playing on ESPN too. But it was all day, so um, I've seen a lot of. There was some really classic fights, like we mentioned with De La Hoya against uh, Cesar Chavez uh, Senior, and it had me thinking. And I told you over this via text message, and I'll tell everybody listening. I wish I had a time machine so I could go back and do that time and train for eight weeks and fight a guy like Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Now, I know a lot of people might think I'm crazy, but you can fight a lot of bums coming out of the Tijuana Pantage. You can see a lot of those fighters that are coming out, a lot of those dudes on that record of 107 wins that Cesar Chavez Sr. had, I'm pretty sure 80 of those guys might have been just dudes coming out the cantina ready to fight. You ever seen Creed in the beginning when he's beating up that Mexican? In Creed, you have Michael B. Jordan beating up dudes in Mexico at a bar. That's how it is in Mexico. I could go (laughs) and beat the shit out of a lot of dudes coming out of these, these pubs and and dudes that are just uh, driving taxis on the side. I would love to go back in time, 
D. Will and Wilson be my trainer, and we'll go eight weeks hard, get in the ring with Cesar Chavez Sr., and that would be one of my dream scenarios. If I if I found a genie and a lamp or something, one wish was to get me back in time so I could fight Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Well, uh, and what? I think we what would happen? I get in the ring and I beat that old man down. I break him down. I bully him. I fight him like Bernard Hopkins. I tell you what, man. I tell you what, man. When um. When I get in the ring, and I and, and I got in there with some amateur training with with my guy in sparring, and I I was breaking teeth. So if, if Chavez if Chavez Senior wanted to get in there with me, I like my chances. I tell you what, Willa, ain't no old teeth. man. You said T E E F. That's like that's that's one of your partners. That's like somebody's name. Teeth. Nah, man. I was I was I was having dudes go to the dentist afterwards, man. So. Um, yeah, but that was it. Two years ago. That's You're serving that candy. Three, huh? That's about three years ago. About three years ago, yeah. So I like I like my chance yeah. if I go back and fight a guy like Chavez Sr. Nah, man, about 26, 25, something like that. You said three years and, ago. Uh, I see. Come on, brother. You it was a while ago, man. Ago. Hey. I know. That's about 20 yeah, years ago. Cut it out. Oh, cut it out. Get out of here with that, Willa. You know, damn well, uh, ain't, ain't nothing going down like that. So cut it out, man. But, Willa, how do you feel if I gave you troop serum and I and you were my trainer and going to get me ready to fight Chavez Sr.? I think we would probably – we would we would be in – this would be a cash out, dog. I'll be telling you, hey, man, I can't take it. You know, we would train hard, but, hey, if it gets tough, just take a knee, man. I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be uh, – wouldn't be sad, man. Hey, these are real boxers, man. You're disrespecting the king of Mexico. You know, you hit me with this shit yesterday. You're asking me, you asked me uh, what would happen if I got in shape if I Butterbean. I told you the truth, man. Butterbean would probably sleep me, man. And and uh, and the king of Mexico would do the same to you. You know, it's <laughs> nothing. You know, maybe maybe if you were, you did boxing all your life, maybe you know. But this is the king, man. Yeah, he was fighting bones, but these are tough Mexican bones, man. As uh, as that boy Jaime Munguia told you, man, hey, beating up Mexican guys is tough. <laughs> beating up Mexican guys is tough. Yeah, that I, I guess maybe on some other planet. But hey, anyways, I'm glad you brought up that part too about you fighting Butterbean. Have a little bit of have a little bit of faith in yourself, Willie. You might be able to knock out that old midget. But you know, anyways. I just uh, thought that was yeah. A little, I mean, maybe uh, fun fun story. I, if I just catch it like in the street. In the street, that's something different. In the street, and I can, you know, you got a little more in your fist, a little, a little harder than those gloves, man. Oh, uh, you start, you yeah, start, you start wrestling, man. No, 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 no. I would, I would try to sleep them. I would definitely sleep them. But in the ring, ain't nowhere to run, ain't nowhere to hide in there. <laughs> you know, in the streets, ain't no, you know, there's no, there's nothing to hold me back. I could just, you know, I could back up twenty, thirty feet if I want to. If he charged me, I could just back up. 30 feet, 30 yards if need be. Then try to sleep them, run at them, run attack, sleep them, try to jump kick them, something like that, man. Hey, you know, I'm not, I don't disrespect these, uh, I don't disrespect these guys when it comes to boxing, especially uh, heavyweights, you know. Now, guys my size, maybe, but probably not, not the better ones. This isn't, we're not talking about UFC here. 
you know. Now, these UFC guys, I'll probably, that's easy work. Oh, oh, man, I was about to, I was about to just, I was just like, really, go ahead, Willa, go ahead. I was about to flip the script so hard on you right now until you said that because an old podcast where we came from some years ago, I vividly remember you saying versus three of the, the smaller weight class dudes in the UFC, three of them, three of the smallest dudes in the weight class, you said that was easy work. So I'm glad you're, you're staying consistent with that. You think you could oh, beat yeah, yeah, yeah. three UFC fighters in the smallest division three on one? Three on one, yeah, exactly. Easy. <laughs> See, but I'm crazy. That's like maybe I, I could beat up an old man. That's like that's like maybe eight punches, and I might choke the last guy out because I'm tired. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm crazy for thinking I can beat up an old man. All right, I like it. We starting off good over here on this Sunday with some good jokes. No, no, no. You didn't say comedy. old man. Yeah, you could beat him today. Yeah, if you would. Uh... If you and Chavez Sr. got in the ring today, yeah, you'd probably get him. More, more than likely. I would probably 60-40. I'd go 60-40 you. <laughs> yeah, I like my chances, like I said. But, <laughs> yeah, no. Moving along, moving along. That was just a little fun uh, uh, fantasy boxing matchup that a lot of people like to put out there. So, you know, we, we got it down. I beat up for old man. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Chavez Sr. <laughs> and we'll uh, beat up. Three UFC fighters, three on one. I love it. This is off to a great start. But, yo, Willis, let's start off yesterday with your man, Gilberto Ramirez. Because you said it was on the main card. And uh, it was on, uh, excuse me, the main ESPN channel, which I wasn't too sure if that was going to be the case or if they are just going to play it all on the app. But I guess it was on there. I didn't get a chance to see it because I was throwing a uh, I was throwing a champagne party after Michaela Mayer won her fight. So uh, you want to break down what happened in this fight and how you think? Because I've seen highlights of the fight, but I can't justify the entire fight by watching a few highlights and stuff. I've seen Ramirez get stunned with the shot, a, a sneaky overhand left that put him back a little bit, but nonetheless, it looked like an action-packed fight. Can you break it down for yeah, definitely, man. listening audience how that one went down? Yeah, ESPN had uh, you know, top rank showed those guys over there in uh in Dallas how to put on a fight a, a showcase card. You know. This guy, uh, mm-hmm. Angulo, who we thought were, who we thought were gonna get rich, uh Colombian guy, you know, Colombian like you know, Angulo. too known. Yeah. Yeah, too 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 not too known for boxing. So we thought maybe he would go out there and get washed. Uh young dark guy probably as black as me out there fighting. And he and he showed, you know, he was pretty good. He showed that he had a lot of pop. And he, he caught my boy Zordo a couple of times. Man, uh, it was a pretty good fight. He was winning, you know, Zordo was winning most of the most of the rounds, but they were pretty close rounds and and Angulo wasn't that bad, man. Uh he had him. He caught him a couple of times, had him hurt. You know, had him backing up. Uh that guy was out there throwing bombs, but he wasn't. He didn't put a lot together. You know, he was throwing one at a time. Where even though, uh, okay, uh, my boy uh, Zudo wasn't throwing a lot. You know, he was throwing. He was still throwing more, throwing more combinations. So it was a pretty good fight, man. Uh, I had it. I, I, you know, I had it pretty much the same way as most of the most of the the refs had. I, I think they all had a 
like one. Uh, I don't know. They, I think they all had them up a whole bunch of rounds, and that's what I had it uh, for the unanimous win. But it was a pretty good fight. Uh, something, you know. Uh, I don't know if he wants to. I, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really judge exactly how to how to take that fight. You know, it's a fight. A no name guy. He's coming up. Nobody really knows him. Uh, Bradley was like he sh- at the end, at the beginning he was talking like oh this guy should be easy but then at the end Brad was like well this guy's showing us something like he might not be that bad so you know he watched him it was oh, a good Bradley. fight but as far as points it was a it was a wash it was you know he was up early uh, and late so it wasn't like it was you know it wasn't like it was like it was really close but it was a it was a close fight so. Maybe we'll see Angulo again. He's out there trying to knock boys out. Uh, and Zordo, I don't know. I don't really know how to judge this one because, like, like I said, we don't know anything about Angulo. Is he that good? Uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. This is a fight where yeah. you have to see. But it was a good fight. They were fighting the whole time. And that was what uh, ESPN seemed to be the whole night of uh, top-ranked boxing was – fights. Everybody came to fight. Nobody getting hit in the stomach and going out in the first uh, first fucking round. Oh, for sure. They they definitely uh, got... I mean, you know, well, uh, not too long ago when the, uh, the the Lucas Matisse fight had happened against that, that Asian fella, you know, Showtime was making big waves at that time with announcing their fights for the year. And HBO ain't really had nothing going on. And I took a big dump on HBO uh, in top rank. But if you look at how things worked out and the way Bob Aaron's continuously making some, some great cards and has a, a good uh, um, a, a roster around what's going on right now as far as the, the future movement in boxing that he's got going right now, Bob Aaron's making some moves, man. And ESPN, this app, I know a lot of people might hate this this app, but the ESPN, the ESPN Plus app is, is actually a really forward-moving move for the future because uh, you know a lot of this stuff is going to start going by by streaming the way it is like at handheld devices nobody wants to go home and and watch shit on a certain time and things like that because of the commercials involved with it and all of course with boxing we don't have to worry about that but you know at times you might with ESPN being uh, um, you know nationally televised like that but you know they're making some hey, moves with top rank man what's up Willie the uh, the ESPN show uh, the e- the ESPN app the fights that they showed like uh, not the uh, not the like Conlon fight but the fights that were there weren't like broadcast anywhere were those like that when they had the top rank that they used to do for free like on Facebook or ESPN where it was just like a straight shot they would zoom in and out somebody would be talking but it really wasn't the whole you know, it wasn't really yeah. like any. You know, the other fight, it was just like one camera. People, it was a good camera, but they it were was, zooming in and out like it was. But it was just one camera, people talking. Was it like that? Yeah, for sure. Because here's the weird thing about it. I thought I was tripping out yesterday when I was watching it because I was just chilling at the house watching it on my phone, and um, you could hear the different commentators because the commentators on the app was uh, Terrence Crawford's trainer, Bo Mack, and. Um, and uh, some other guys, I can't remember exactly who it was um, off the top of my head, but when they were talking, you could hear Joe Tessitore in the background talking for the ESPN cover, like, 
as if it was nationally televised, we know that ESPN coverage goes by Joe Tessitore. And you could hear Joe Tessitore in the back, and I was kind of wondering how that would work because I don't know if it was for a different uh, output that they were putting that programming on, maybe top-ranked website or something like that, or I don't know, or ESPN website, I'm not sure, but there was definitely two different commentators for the app that in itself and then for the fight that moved along for the main card, which I'm assuming Joe Tessitore covered. So it, it, it was different for sure, and I think that the audio guys, um, they picked up that sound and they ended up fixing it to where you couldn't hear Joe Tessitore anymore. You know, I work with uh, video audio techs in San Francisco where we do a lot of these similar shows, and it's kind of like guys are working together to sometimes some slip-ups going to happen like that, but they definitely cut it out afterwards because you could rewind uh, from real time and go back to live on the app. But they were covering uh, pretty much everything from the start because when I went to the app around, I think it was around when I texted you about 1 o'clock, they had boxing going on the whole time. So they legit had boxing the whole day. That's why I kind of missed out on the main event because I was burned out, man. I was watching boxing all day, and then I had I was watching it on my phone from the start of it, from all the stuff that's going on in the U.K. Uh, and on TV, I was just had the classics on ESPN, too. So it was like... I was burnt out and had to get out of the house yesterday, but they definitely had two different types of uh, output as far as audio goes. Because it was, it was cool to have Bomac on there because at the same time with him being Crawford's trainer, they were giving him questions about, like, you know, you know the whole Spence idea and all this and that. So it was really interesting. I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking the app was not going to be as successful, and it's only been the second time the app's been used for boxing, but I think it's going to be real successful moving forward because, you know, it's only five bucks. You get... Um, you get everything. You might get the, the UK you, uh, fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, man, the, it's looking to be like a a risky a risky business move by Bob Aaron, but it, it'll have success. Like I said, a lot of people are going away from like the whole TV aspect. It, it's it's uh as far as shows going on regularly scheduled programs, it's it's going down, man. Dudes are they want to have watch it when they want to watch it and. And with the handheld device for ESPN Plus, I think that it's going to make some waves. Because, like I said, before, I don't know how people would be able to watch all the undercard fights. You'd have to go to the website and hopefully catch something on there or whatever because, you know, there's just a whole lot of boxing going on. There's, so there's at least six, maybe seven fights on a card that gets aired on HBO or gets aired on Showtime to where you only see the three, the last three fights the co-main main event and the under. So, you know, uh, it, it's really good for, like, say, the, the fighters that were uh, before because when I looked at the app and I seen that uh, Trey Lippy Morrison was going to be fighting, I had no idea he had a fight coming up because I remember it was even a guy who was listed. It was to be determined. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely given a big uh, platform for everybody else that's going on there. But um, I, I like the look of it, and I, I think – from what I've seen yesterday, like I said, I can't justify a fight based off, you know, a two-minute highlight reel of the fight. But it looked like a great fight, man. I mean, um, you said that he got uh, – Gilberto Ramirez got caught a few times, and I've seen him get caught with a, a sneaky left hook that kind of offset him and got him chased down for a second. But when you watched the fight yesterday, because Gilberto Ramirez, he's going to be looking to have a, uh, some big fights coming up. I've seen them talk about Benavidez and him – trying to unify already like man that'd be a crazy fight but in your opinion though when you've seen uh Ramirez take some of those hits how did he do as far as recovering from taking a big shot because I seen yesterday that dude that dude was throwing some big bombs on him and 
it's interesting to see how a guy like Gilberto Ramirez would react to taking some big shots and, and moving forward in the way his whole career is being kind of built up, you know? How did he do when he, when well, he got in that fire fight? Well, that's the thing. So we got to see, uh, you know, because he was eating them and he was getting rocked. Like, he got rocked a few times where he would get hit by, like you said, he got hit by a hook. He got hit by a couple of overhand rights where it's just, ah, just swinging one time, bow, getting them. And he back up a little bit, you know, get his composure and, and keep on fighting like, you know, like a true Mexican warrior, dog. So, so it's it, – Never, know, like never I said, seen like he was in danger? Not really. He was hurt, but never really because the guy wasn't really – like he wasn't hitting one with shots, like two or three shots at a time. You know what I'm saying? He hit it with a shot. He would, like, get it. He would back up. He would go to the road. Pop shot. He would block a few. Yeah, then he'd start, you know, then he, then he'd be back. You know, he wouldn't be gone for too long. So it was, uh, you know, so it's hard to tell, you know. Uh, and Gulo's been knocking everybody out pretty much. So it, it's, just, it's hard to tell. You don't want to see him get hit like that. You, uh, but, he, you know, he, he reacted well. And Gulo's knocking everybody out. Is he really knocking out guys that you know, you know, legit? But it was a good fight, man. So I want to see more of Zordo. I, I might see. I, I might want to see more of uh, Angulo. Uh, maybe. But you know, it's hard to tell. It was a good fight. It was a good fight with a guy that we've never heard before, never heard of before. So is this guy good, or you know, did he play down to his? Uh, his skill level, is this guy really all right? You know, and even with that said, he won pretty much all the round. So, you know, it's just tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, though. It left a good a, a good uh, uh, lasting impact of the whole event because sometimes we can have some of those showcase events like, eh, well, that didn't really do much for me, even though we've seen the outcome we expected. So as long as it was a uh, – uh, it seemed like they had pretty good back-and-forth fights all night. Uh, from top to bottom. So uh, a really good night for Bob Ehrman continuously moving forward, being the Bob father and promoting in boxing. And and, and uh, another great thing about that was that Bob Ehrman was uh, out there spoken saying that, you know, he's not afraid to go out to reaching out to Showtime to make certain fights for certain fighters um, when uh, some of these other fights were going on. So Cold War being over with Bob Ehrman's side of the deal, that's, it sounds like a good idea. And then plus, the way this whole thing's working out for top-ranked boxing, uh, Gilberto Ramirez. Uh, hey, that's a that's a that's a solid pickup and 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 defending and retaining his strap. But I've seen people talking about the possible unification with, I mean, El Bandera, El Bandera Roja and the cowboy hat of of uh, your man Zito Ramirez. That would be one hell of a fight. But I think it might be a little too early for for young David Benavides. But I mean, well, you know that one could make some big, some big money if they had a fight out there in Texas or something like that. Because, you know, the two Mexicans at at middleweight, super middleweight. Oh man, that, I mean, that could be a, a hell of a fight moving forward, and that's all house money for Bob Aaron being top ranking HBO. No doubt, the Mexican versus the Mexican American, an age old tale in boxing, man. So yeah, definitely. Two guys out here, tall guys doing their thing. Um, Benavidez being the young guy, Ramirez being the guy that was just getting caught by a guy we've never heard of before. You know, yeah. if I'm Benavidez, I'm looking at that like, okay, 
Okay. Might be able to do something hey, with this, though. So. <laughs> you know. I see dollar so that's signs. That's a good I fight, see dollar man. signs for that one. Definitely. Um, you know, yeah. uh, uh, speaking of good fights, moving along, um, um, did you by chance happen to catch the Alex Aceto and Lenny Zappia fight that people are saying fight of the year, uh, round of the year, and you had a, a bloody mess of a man who just, I mean, looked like he went through a, he put his face through a, tree, a cheese grater during that time of the fight. Um, I mean, just absolute destruction to this man's facial structure. And when I'm talking about uh, this man, I'm talking about Leonardo Zappa, uh, uh, Zappia, however you pronounce it. The last, I'm not going to even attempt that. But, I mean, this guy lasted seven rounds, and people were talking about in contention of being fight of the year. Uh well, uh, when I seen this one, I seen a lot of, you know, I'd be a little harsh sometimes, but but uh, uh, there's one thing that's for certain. Brawlers always got heart, but skilled fighters will not let themselves be in those kind of positions. There's uh, a reason why this dude's face is looking like dog shit, cut on both both sides and just covering his chin. I didn't see a lot of skill being on here, but that's some of the stuff that you get from barroom-type fights, and this one lasted seven rounds, not seven seconds or something, you know, so uh, the difference for sure. But a lot of fans jumped the gun when we're talking about fight of the year. Um, was it possibly round of the year? That one's up for, for sure, for sure up for debate because a round, a wild round, anybody can have that. But fight of the year, man, um, you know, I know this this year hasn't hasn't been able to produce some of those super fights that we had in 2017. You know, missing out on certain fights like the Wilder Joshua and looking like Golovkin Canelo too will be the the, the fight of the year uh, on paper. But are people jumping the gun a little too soon talking about fight of the year with this with this uh, uh, fight that was at hand, or was it really, in your opinion, deserving of such because of Hell, maybe they might. Maybe they might both have skills that that could have easily avoided these sort of situations, but or 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 did they just kind of throw everything out the back and rock them, sock them, robot this shit for seven rounds and and just let it go out that way? I, I'm not so sure if that's fight of the year candidate, but I could I, I I see why people are saying that. Willa, you say to this whole idea of the fight of the year already is what. Um, man, uh, Alex El Chulo, what's his name, Salcido, out there at OKC coming home, you know, undefeated fighter, putting it up against some guy, Lenny, Zach Vega, whatever, Vigna. Uh, hey, man, fight of the year so far, definitely. It was blood and guts. These guys were out here banging both guys. You know, um, Salcido, uh, he was obviously the guy that they were trying to showcase out there, coming home. Okay, so he's got the crowd behind him. He's hype. He's showing his skill early. Uh, looks like he's about to knock my man. Uh, uh, I think they were calling him uh, Lenny Z. Uh, they're not trying to, yeah, Lenny Z trying to knock him, he's trying to knock him out early. 
Uh, all of a sudden, the guy comes back. He's dropping bombs, man. Um, Saucedo pulls a Wilder and looks like, uh-oh, you know, a Wilder versus Ortiz. Like, are, it's, uh, they can, are they going to wave this off? They're not going to wave it off because he's an OKC, but it was, it, was, it was to the point where it was close. But he was fighting out, you know. He was hitting them with big bombs. It was just bombs. People were trading bombs the whole time. Until the end, it seemed like the young guy, Saucedo, sort of calmed down, started boxing a little bit, and got him out of there. But just like, you know, just like uh, uh, Ramirez that we saw, he was getting caught with just like one shot every now and then that would sort of maybe not even it out, but make it close, make the round close. So he might he'd be putting in work almost about to knock the guy out, and then he get hit, boom, he's got to back up. That's, that just evened every, you know, it didn't even it out. He's still winning the round, but it makes it the fight very uh, very intriguing. Oh, at one point you thought uh, Lenny Z was going to go out. At one point you thought Saucedo, he he hung himself, he was out of there. But then at the end, the, uh, the better fighter won. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say at this point, you know, without doing a, 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 a fine – Find review of the fights just off of right now how hype I was. Well, I wouldn't say fight. I would say I wouldn't say fight of the year because uh, my man Lomachenko and what you call it. They had. I think that's probably the fight of the year. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Lenard. Oh, and Lenard. So, yeah, that was good. That was good. Yes, probably fight of the year so far. But it was it was it was just as good, maybe a little better. But it wasn't for it, it wasn't for the marbles that these were for. So it was. I want to say it was a similar fight, man. But it was a good fight. Uh, round of the year, definitely. I think that was round three. That was the longest round ever for Saucedo. He got his ass whooped for three minutes. Like I think he might have been dazed, like twenty minutes, twenty seconds into the into the uh, into the round. He was just getting tagged. He's tagging the guy back the fourth round. It's, it was crazy, man. It was to the point where you like you were almost like, come on, man, somebody. They might need to call this, but then right when you you would say that uh, Lenny Z would throw a a big ass shot, boom, hit him, back him up. He's hurt a little bit. So it was crazy, man. It was a good fight. Pretty close to fight of the year, man. It'll be a nominee. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think uh, that's definitely up there. Um, but me personally, you know, I had Sirius Scott throw a run beside 2017 Outsiders Boxing Podcast Fighter of the Year. Uh, his fight earlier this year in February against Juan Francisco Estrada, I think for me that's probably fight of the year right now because that fight went really good and it, it was it was uh, probably decided by two or three rounds towards the end where which Juan Francisco Estrada probably thought he won that fight and a lot of his fans thought he won that fight because Soarungo side is. He's he's um, he's there to be hit at times because he's willing to take one or two to give you that powerful left that he has. And that was a great fight. Didn't produce the the blood the blood and, and and things like that the way this one did yesterday. But in my personal opinion, that's fight of the year, which was a great scrap in which they might uh, they might figure out some way to get a rematch going on down the road because it was really that good. Um, other than that, you know, I think that it, it, it's uh, it, it's definitely one of those fights that can't be forgotten about. So we'll see how this whole thing works out for fight of the year candidate and stuff. But for round of the year. I'm for that. I could do that for sure and, and, and put that one up there because, um, like you said, the longest three minutes of both gentlemen's careers 
and just uh, a, a blood and guts back and forth type of a round, I'm definitely down for that, and, and that one could uh, definitely work out. So, um, yeah, I, I just I just see a lot of uh, a lot of this uh, uh, quick quick people jumping triggers of fight of the year and stuff like that. It's like, hold on now, you know, we got a long time to go for the rest of the year. We're halfway there. And uh, uh, we'll see how this whole thing works out because there's going to be fights continuously moving on and there's going to be back and forth uh, going uh, throughout the rest of this year. So we'll see how it works out. But I get why people like the whole, the whole blood and gut stuff. It, it looks, it looks good. And uh, I know um, Roy Jones is getting uh, blood splattered on him from ringside, sitting ringside for some of these fights. So it was a, it was a mess out there yesterday. But, but it was a, a, a good performance for sure. And it's always fun to see fights like that. Because, you know, rock and sock and robot, as much as I talk about, you know, they're not the skillless fighters to be in those situations, but it is always fun to watch. So that looked good. Um, but moving down the list of the fights that happened yesterday, one fight that I was uh, uh, particularly excited about being the six-rounder um, that was put on display on the ESPN Plus app with, uh, with my girl Michaela Mayer uh, going in there with Sheena Kane also undefeated. Uh, both fighters were 5-0 and at the time. And um, that one was happening about 5-15, 5-30 or something like that, getting all set up for the main. But I was really surprised because I thought that when that fight came on, I thought that they would have had the heavyweight affair before that one involving Trey Lippy, which we'll cover after this. But, uh, Will, I don't know if you've seen this one or not, but Michaela Mayer looks like she's about six foot three when you look at her on picture. But the woman's five foot nine, fighting at 150. 30 pounds, I believe, so pretty big for her size, and when you look at the skill set of which Michaela Mayer does, this is not me being a fan, uh, a fanboy or nothing like that, because I already thought this about Michaela Mayer when I seen her, and as she mentioned in interviews with um, uh, boxing height, boxing scene, and things like that, that when you're talking about the women's division that's moving forward right now, the level of technique that comes from some of these women that were in, in the Olympics, it's on display, and when you see it involved in Michaela Mayer's fight yesterday, very technically sound, great head movement, solid, uh, peekabooing every so often with the gloves up, gloves down, and I mean, she's a mean fighter out there, man. She went out there, was looking very technically sound going against a woman who was the complete opposite, not in the Olympic, uh, having the Olympic background, somehow undefeated. But Mayer went in there, put the mitts on her, dropped her with a heavy overhand right in the second round in which uh, Sheena Kane was saved, uh, saved by the bell after that. But basically just washed her and was trying to knock her out the entire time. But just looking at the footwork, head movement, IQ, because like I said, she was going against someone who definitely wasn't in there from the Olympic ranks, so she didn't have some of the similar stuff when she's throwing punches. She was damn near uh, just, just stiff, standing straight up, throwing some just ugly barroom type punches. But she was getting caught. Tough, tough competitor nonetheless, but Mayer just went in there and washed in. And, the, and, and as I mentioned earlier with Bob Am talking about working with other promoters, Michaela Mayer's fighting in August 25th, I believe, after this, which she recently just fought about a month prior. So they're getting this girl some, some work. She's kind of got two months off before she gets a fight, and they're going to move her forward. And Bob Arum's talking about possibly getting in there with uh, the likes of uh, Clarissa Shields, 
sometime in the foreseeable future. Now, Willa, you know I've been hyped on this women's boxing revolution that's been going on. Oh, yeah, you go ahead and like it fast. At least Michaela Mayer got the power, unlike Melissa Shields. So we'll see how this one all works out, if she survives Christina Hammond. But, Willa, I don't know if you've seen that fight yesterday, but Michaela Mayer showing a lot of skill in there and showing a mean streak when she's in that ring. Did you catch it in there? Any any of your takes on that one, my man? Uh, yeah, I watched the. Uh, I didn't watch it live. I watched it uh, while I was running uh, today, and uh, yeah, she didn't. She was going against the worst of the opponents that we've seen the women, the top women fighters go against. That lady was out was there terrible. just to get. Yeah, she was just getting waxed. She lasted the whole six. You know, uh, I need to see a little more. She's a little too small to uh, be fighting all those big girls up there. You said 130, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll see. Is, she's, you know. she's she's tall. She could get into her weight. She could she could add weight on. I don't know if she can make 160 within a year or two, but they're talking about a two to three year plan with this one. Yeah, well, she ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that would be. They were just feeding her to the wolves with that man. Uh, she looked good. Uh, but like I said, it was against one of the, the worst fighters I've ever seen. So, really nothing to really say. But unlike the uh, the cat at uh, in Dallas or in uh, in uh, Paris, wherever the hell it's called, out there in Dallas uh, with Spence, that girl she fought the whole time. She wasn't, she, you know, she got dropped early. She kept on fighting, even though she was getting ripped. And, uh, you know, that's just, it either proves that that girl's really tough or Meyer ain't really coming with nothing. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I saw it. Good showcase fight. You haven't seen anything. You don't know what's going on. I guess uh, Meyer looked good, but, uh, or Mayer looked good, but well, she was fighting a bum. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, even even uh, Bomac, because I know Bomac has uh, he 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 was around uh, he was around Michaela Mayer during the Olympic times, and uh, you know he was on on commentary and said that she looked more skilled than the previous four fights with all males that had just happened before that one, as far as uh, the uh, technique and 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 uh, head movement, footwork, all that stuff combined in one. Um, now he did critique her for a second by when she was uh, trying that overhand right and with fatigue showing that she was coming off flat-footed instead of shifting her hips and turning her hips and coming off that back foot for more power. But before that, that was uh, some pretty big praise from a guy like Bomack who, you know, he's, he's really outspoken, but he's, uh, he's um, well-respected for sure. Um, now, that, that opponent definitely was I, I don't know. Uh, that was the old. That was the old women's boxing that we've seen against the new era of women's boxing, and uh, she might been it might been tough, but uh, uh, just a, a, a different level of skill on display. And Mayer just she completely washed her six round washing, you know. So I, I understand why the uh, you know there's either a, a lot to say or, or not much to say from two standpoints because you know you know. You know the women, she, she had her hurt really bad, but you have to take into consideration that the rounds are only two minutes. So if she had three minutes, she might have been got her out of there. 
you uh, do you think that do you like the uh, the two minute rounds for the women or should they move that one to three, man, so we could get this get some of these fights finished, if anything, because it was six rounds but only two minutes. Man, I didn't notice that was was uh, the Clarissa Shields fight like that. I didn't notice that. I didn't know movie? about that one either. I'm not sure about that one either. I didn't we'll, we'll have to look that one up because I didn't know that either. But I did know because Bobak was bringing that up also, talking about, yeah, you know, two minutes is really a, probably an issue for her not being able to get her out of here because, like I said, she was saved by the bell in that second round when Michaela Mayer dropped her with that heavy overhand right. Now, if there was an extra minute to go, I think she would have got her out of there. But big difference when you only got two minutes in the round. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. That I, I'm not gonna even lie to you. That I didn't notice that at all. Um, it might have felt short. It might have felt short. I don't know. You know, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, they do it for a reason. Um, if she had three minutes, maybe she would have knocked the guy, the girl out, or maybe she would have punched herself out and got knocked out. So, who knows? But you know. I, I didn't I'll, notice I'll it, tell you so what, Willa, I have no comment on that. I'll tell you what, Willa, Michaela Mayer looked like she showed more boxing skill than Christina Hammer. For sure. Hammer is just kind of like, you know, come forward, I'm going to break you, here's my jab, eat that, and follow up. But Mayer, she got that she got that swivel to her, man. She got that boxing. You can tell, I mean, she's uh, with, the, with the same, with the likes of Clarissa Shields and, and Shakur Stevenson, uh, 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 of the Olympic team, and they they have a really good close bond. All those all those uh, uh, Olympians that were in that time, and they must everybody in that Olympic squad has some really good coaching, man. Because that shit showed yesterday, and I, it could have been Michaela Mayer or somebody with a name I never heard, but the, the the skill that was on display, I think that's a really good thing moving forward for women, women's boxing because it's not like women are out there. It's not like Mayer won yesterday with just fighting the way that she was against Sheena Kane yesterday. So uh, this whole thing that's building up moving forward, I mean, we might be getting a lot of this stuff coming out. Hopefully they can fix that, though, because for sure two minutes is just too quick of a round. That's why uh, it, it did feel fast for you and me, and it really did move fast because that fight was six rounds, but we're talking about two minutes. So what could we really get out of that, you know, no matter if, if a fight is in danger like Kane was, it's just hard when they have such a recovery time, you know. So uh, definitely want to look back on the uh, Hammer and Shields fight um, just to see how the minutes were in that one because I know uh, Christina Hammer's had, you know, 20-plus fights. Clarissa Shields hasn't. She's about six to seven fights, I believe. So I'm not so sure if the the minute restriction goes for all women's boxing or certain limits of it. But, you know, we'll see how this whole thing works moving forward. But definitely the Olympians that came out from the year of of, uh, Shakur Stevenson and Michaela Mayer, they're showing some promise moving forward. No, you know, I will say she looked skilled out there. You know, that's not – I can't take nothing away from her. Like you said, she got a little tired at the end uh, with those two-minute – uh, round so, but she looked good, and they, like you said, they all look good. She looked, if I would skill wise, you know, she looked like she was more technical than Clarissa Shields to me. You know, her her punches were a little straighter. You know, uh, it was, but 
she was against the bum. So it's really, what can I say? It was a showcase, and she showcased her skills. Like I said, I gave her a, 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 a B plus because she didn't get her out of there. Showcase, I want the, I want the knockout, but she watched her. So I gave her a B plus, A minus for that. And, yeah, I, you got me. I will watch her fights when you let me know that they're coming on. I won't be, yeah, look, I won't yeah, be searching I'll, for them. <laughs> but when you say, hey, D-Will, she's fighting, I'll make sure that we ch- I'll check it out. That's what's up. August 25th, I believe. So I believe that's the next fight coming up in uh, uh, about two months. So I do know that she is headed back to Houston, or she's headed to Houston, Texas right now to celebrate her birthday, which I'm a little jealous that you're out there because if I knew she was in my town, I'd figure out which club she's going to and get a drink on her. My treat. But I know she's going to Houston. Your Texas treat, right man. I might do that. Birthday. I might do that, man. Hey. She, she's on a party this weekend. I'm going to nah, follow her IG, man. Pop up out there. I don't know where she's I don't know where she's going to be at this weekend. I thought maybe it was like Houston somewhere else, maybe not Texas. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I'm playing. But, um, you know, uh, a solid performance. I think I got to give her a B-plus as well because the knockdown that she had was pretty vicious. It it, it really looked like the uh, – it reminded me a little bit of that overhand right that that Marcos Maidana put on on Adrian Bronner because she snuck it with the left jab feint and then came up over the top really heavy. So it was a really good knockdown, and she showed a mean streak to her. Um, I, I know she said that she had a bet with Shakur Stevenson, thinking that she could knock out her opponent quicker than he did his last. So she was in there loading up, and that's why she got tired towards the end, because she knew that the right hand had landed early in the fight and just kept trying to land that same that same punch. But her opponent knew that she didn't want to get any of that, so she, she kept herself out of harm's reach. So... Uh, great performance, in my opinion, by by Michaela Mayer. She did really good, and and uh, moving forward, she's gonna be fighting again. So you're gonna talk about three fights in the last four months for this girl. So Bob Arum's really working her hard mm. this year, and I guarantee you she'll fight maybe two more times before, before the year's up. So Bob Arum's really working this girl, but um, she's she's in there with a really good camp, and she has um, uh, really good trainers involved in with it. So we'll see how she moves up going forward. Because I've always said that when you have a beautiful woman in sport, a pretty woman, a pretty face, uh, really good when it comes to public speaking, because when she's talking to some of these interviewers, they ask her if she's on the same level of the, as the hammers and, and uh, shields in the women's division, and she's really confident and speaks well and promotes herself very well. So you have the promotion speaking skills, the skills in the ring, and, you know, the record and, and, and all that moving forward. You know, you, you might have a star in the making. So, and, and I know they mentioned that a lot yesterday during the commentary. So, it looks like they got big things planned for this girl. So, hopefully, she continues uh, to do what she does and produce some knockouts and produce some knockdowns and some more flashy material. So, we'll see how it goes. But you did mention that she was in there with a bum. And speaking of bums, man, our guy which I'm not calling the bum, the guy that he was going against. Trey Lippy Morrison was in there with a guy by the name of – Hey, before we go into that, I just found out – I was looking it up. So there's another Morrison, baby Morrison out there too that's knocking boys out, I believe. That's named like Kenzie. Kenzie, the the son of Gun or something like that. So there's two of them. So we're talking about – so there's – 
I was just, I, I didn't even really look it up too much, but I was just looking it up and they said Kenzie. I was like, what? It's like he he was fighting. So uh, so we're talking. I don't know which one this is, but this is one or two baby Morrison brothers that are now they're my guys. Both of these guys are my guys right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't know that either. I'm gonna have to look that up because I know when I had first started talking about Trey Lippy Morrison, that was on Nino's heavyweight podcast on OTG when he had had me on and, and we kind of went over that because he knew I was a fan of the Duke, Tommy Morrison. Um, son of Duke. And, and, and that's, the son of the Duke. Is, uh, that's the, it's Kenzie, son of Duke Morrison. I like that. That's one of our I guys. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's one of my guys for sure now. We got to give him some shine for sure because I know – me and you were both uh, – we've been hype about certain guys in the sport. And, you know, the heavyweight division is, is hype right now. And, uh, you know, no no color relations to anything that indifferentiates anything. But, you know, boxing could use some, some white guys that are doing some work. You know, we thought we had it with Joe Smith Jr. Joe Smith did a really good job and, and, and showed that he was a, a, a blue cap of a fighter and one of those just – hard-working guys doing the construction site and knocking Bernard Hopkins out the ring from time to time. Shit, even knocked down Sullivan Barrera in the first round in which he just had that L2. But Tommy Morrison's son, we all know about the Duke. Some of the most classic fights in boxing, for better or for worse. But Trey Lippy Morrison, the guy, has got the, he's got the size. I'm not so sure if, if, if he's – you know, he looks physically fit for the heavyweight division, but it's just about how he's going to look moving forward because he was in there with a guy yesterday by the name of Byron Pauley. And this guy was five foot ten, I believe, might have been 5'9", but 270 pounds. Big, fat guy. And what I mentioned being. earlier, when I talked about the fight earlier, I said I didn't know if he was going to fight because I seen that – Trey Lippy's next opponent was TBA to be announced. So I didn't know if that one was going to go on. So as soon as I found out he was coming on the fight before the Michaela Mayer fight, I hit you up like, yo, Willa, Trey Lippy going to fight, man, baby Morrison. So he goes in there with this fat guy, Bo Mack on commentary saying there's no way that this guy makes it out the first round. I think the odds were ridiculous from Vegas odds for this guy to make the second round, let alone the third round, which he did make. But this guy, this little fat midget, he was a fat midget with a big, big heart. Morrison was dropping this guy. He dropped him four times. And Byron Pauley was still able to get up by the crowd's pleasure. Standing ovation when this man got up after the second knockdown. Because you see him get knocked down, and and he almost got stopped in the second round, just getting brutalized, and he's still getting up to fight. No one would have blamed him for staying down. This guy's rank has to be somewhere in the back 100. So Trey Lippy definitely had a showcase in Oklahoma. Him. In Oklahoma, he might have been an Oklahoma hometown backyard brawl hero. From the looks of it But this guy Took some big shots And it was an entertaining fight For the little time that it lasted But I know some people would look at this 
and be like, oh, that's a bullshit fight. But some of those people would same put over the uh, uh, fight earlier that we mentioned, fight of the year candidate. But not saying that this was anywhere in the conversation, but it was an entertaining fight to see the son of Tommy Morrison progress in his career going against a guy who looked like he replaced his protein shake with pancake batter. It was a, a really interesting fight, man, because don't get it twisted. Byron Pauly got knocked down four times and was getting that work. But he did land about maybe three clean shots on Trey Morrison. And the crowd loved it. The crowd exploded when this fight happened. For one, the guy kept getting up after being knocked down four times. But for two, when he looked like he had no life left in him, he landed a shot in there. <laughs> so, Willa, um, this fight right here has no business getting as much clout as I think that I'm giving it right now. But it was a really entertaining fight. And to see uh, uh, Baby Morrison get some uh, rounds under his belt with a tough customer, you got to see some of these punches on display because he's a really big dude, and when he's throwing these hooks, it looks like they're coming from, from down low in Texas all the way back up to Oklahoma. So when we seen this fight, hey, I, was, I was like, yo, this is a good, I like this. I like this. I was, I was excited for it, and it, it did not disappoint. Hey, man. White on white violence is some of my favorite kind of violence. Man. <laughs> they got this guy. This guy, Tommy Morrison, is coming out here. Or really, his name is Trey Lippy. Trey Lippy, who seems to be the older of the sons. Trey is uh, what is his uh, his damn nickname? He, he has no. Oh, his his nickname is Trey Lippy Morrison. So Morrison on the back of his name is his nickname. Hey man. He went in there. He did the work. Oklahoma, I got to say it again. Oklahoma got their, got, their, uh, got their money's worth out there. They were out there fighting. Another uh, Oklahoma guy uh, had the crowd with him. He went in there, put in that work, beat the uh, fat guy up, knocked him down a couple of times, well, well four times, a fifth time that for, the, for the final fuck, right? Yeah. But he, it looks like he was from uh, Missouri, which probably isn't too far down the street, you know, maybe an hour, uh, two or three hours uh, north of Oklahoma City. So he was, he was pretty close. You know, he was almost fighting at home, too. Maybe that's why he had a little, a little love. And he wasn't going out like a chump. And that's what, again, nobody went out like any hoes. You know, even there was a fight with the, with the um, Brazilian gold medalist. Boxer, Sinkaya, uh, I don't know how to really say those crazy-ass uh, Portuguese names. That guy, he fought this little Mexican guy that was probably from around from around the hood. I think he was. He just took he just took a little work, but he didn't go out like a hoe. That, guy, uh, that Brazilian guy, he might be something. He might be something. We'll see. These Brazilians, they, they're almost U.K. brothery sometimes, so you never really can trust them. But back to Morrison. Baby Morrison did a great job out there, showcase front of the hometown crowd. Uh, we need to see, we need to see more of him. He just beats this guy up, you know. He gets the A for uh, for the showcase. That was it, and we'll see what he could do with some real, real, I guess uh, maybe re- real smaller heavyweights. You know what I'm saying? This guy Polly, yeah. he also yeah. got TKO by your boy Charles Martin. So. No, he's been out here just getting knocked, knocked out. 
I'm not surprised he got knocked out by a guy like Charles Mark. No disrespect, but the way that this guy Paulie was fighting, it just it it just looked like a uh, it looked like a fan versus a, a a pro fighter. Because when you look at the physique of Baby Morrison, like yo, this guy when we seen him years ago, and we we're talking about, he's a big kid, but he's like he's really filled in, a really big dude, and I mean. You know, it, it was uh, the the fight was open for highlight material as far as which way he wanted to finish the fight, and the way he finished the fight, I think before that punch, my grade might have been a little bit lower, but the way he finished the fight with that lasting stamp on it, that lasting exclamation point where, you know, Fat Man was looking under the the bottom rope and halfway head out the ring, I got to give Trey Lipia a performance because he went out there and. You know, dude kept getting up, but he, he finished him the way he should have because at times it seemed like this fight could have ended, like I said, on punches that weren't that great. But the way he finished it and put that stamp on it, I got to give him an A because that was a mean way to finish the fight. And by the way the fight was going on and how tough Pulley was getting back up from taking some of these shots, you just knew he was going to take a big shot, and it wasn't going to be pretty to end the fight, and it really wasn't. The guy was hanging on the uh, – uh, was underneath his head was underneath the bottom rope and outside of it, and uh, uh, just a solid performance. I mean, when, when we're talking about Trey Lippy. I got to look up to see how old he is because, uh, like I said, he, he his 29. body frame – He's 29. That's not bad. That's not bad. He, um, he definitely uh, needs to pick up some comp right now. But he looks like he's still pretty good bad. for the heavyweight division. Yeah, Even better. And the other guy's 27. Even better. Even better, man. Even better. He looks like he's a, a, a kid but that's I, in really good shape, you know? Of course. I mean, his his dad is the Duke. So, not only does he have great genetics, he has a great doctor, too, probably. So, But, you know, we got to be <laughs> critical of our man. I'm going to. I'm going to give him. I'm going to drop him down to an A-. minus. Because I'm looking at who Polly, you know, Polly looks like he's been, if you're coming up, you want to get the KO, you know, you fight, you fight Polly. Uh, Luis Ortiz, when do you think he stopped him? I'd say first round. Exactly. Charles Barton stopped him in the second round. Jaleel Lane, <laughs> some new, uh, some new old Chinese guy who's 17 and 0. Heavyweight, that's that's interesting. TKO TKO'd him in the first. Charles, uh, we said Charles Martin. I go kill killer days. Whoever the hell that is, he knocked him out. He KO'd him. He's he got a KO in the first round. So Morrison taking it three rounds. Maybe he wanted to. No, no, I can't. He, maybe he wanted to sort of go a couple of rounds, but you can't do that. You do that if you're the the main event, but if you're showcasing. You need to get, drop a guy. You need to try to make a make a point. Charles Martin got him out of there in two. You need to at least get him out of there in one. You got him out of there in uh, three. I'm gonna give him the A minus. I have to take it down a little bit. Yeah, but but Willa, but Willa, um, if you remember that one instinct when the ref broke it up when when uh, Polly was in the corner looking like he was damn near about to quit, hands were down and he was getting punched in the face. And for whatever reason, the referee pulled him back. The referee pulled Morrison back as if he was doing something uh, uh, dirty or, or in between the lines of the rule set. And Paulie looked like he was ready to quit. So he had that ready to quit and, and probably should have been stopped in that second round. So he might have finished him in the second round. And to me, 
technically he did finish him in the tech, second Charles round. Charles Martin got him out in when, the second, A minus. Yeah, he should have had him out there in the second, but the referee, for whatever reason, pulled him back and uh, was was uh, arguing about him with something. So I don't know how that went, but you know this guy. Like I said, I was surprised to see how tough this fat guy was because he was a tough customer. He kept getting up. You know, I think if the crowd didn't didn't uh, pump him up to get his ass up every time, I don't think he would have did that and would have finished the fight earlier. But he realized, look, man, I'm not a big fighter. Uh, nobody probably knows who I am outside of being close to my home state. The fans are going crazy every time I get up. And he got up. They don't even times. know him now. In the home state, like he said, he might he might have had some family members coming through or something like that. But you know, I mean, he put in 56, 54 fights. You know, no disrespect. Hey, this guy's put in fifty four uh, fifty four fights. He's oh, been yeah. boxing for a long oh, yeah, he's time. Been, he's been in a lot for sure. Yeah, you're right about that. Thirty and twenty three. <laughs> well, he's a sacrificial sheep, and he signed up yesterday. <laughs> but I definitely give him credit because he. He hung in there and did his thing, man. I mean, you know, uh, it was a showcase fight. Morrison should have got him out of there in the second, but took the third and and really put that work on him. So uh, impressive nonetheless, you know. But, um, you know, um, we're moving on down from that one. I don't know if you were able to catch the fight before that because I was surprised. I was like, what's going on here? I'm watching the ESPN Plus app, and I'm going uh, from watching U.K. fights and the coming on and watching a guy like Mike Mile High Alvarado. Look, man, I'm Hey, I'm quick never... question, RC. What's good? What's good? What's good? Did, did it switch? Like, did did the whole thing switch? Did you get, uh, when you were watching the Euro, I didn't get to watch the European fights on the uh, on the app. I saw a little bit of, of them on the, uh, on the link, right? So did you see, uh-huh. like, European stuff? Or was it still the same type of deal? Was it like a big, the real broadcast? So did you get like three different broadcasts, like the European broadcast, then like the top rank undercard broadcast, then the big broadcast? Oh yeah, the broadcast kept changing. They had the uh, UK broadcast for uh, the fight, and it was like different cameras, different views, all that good shit, right? Yeah, different everything. That's that's what kind of like differentiated the whole app. Um, as far as, in my opinion, being a success. So uh, it, it was cool. It was like, you know, you're just switching from sides of the world from boxing because it was the, 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 the uh, U.K. commentators over there and then switching over to BOMAT and uh, whoever else was on commentary for the ESPN backups. And then, like I said, you could also hear um, Joe Tessitore commentating too. So they had a whole different network of teams going on. As far as on the commentary side of it all, so so you never and it was all day. Hey, so you never got the, uh, you never got Tim Bradley, you never heard Tim Bradley talking there. Like you never saw that I whole know. thing. No, the, whole, the ESPN yeah, I, yeah, ESPN I app is a whole different thing than what I watched. Yeah, it was. As far it as was. commentary, and like I ESPN. Said, okay. For a quick second, yeah, for a quick second, you could hear Tessa talking in the background. They switched that up because I was like, man, I. You know, I wish it was Joe Tessitore. Uh He's a really good voice for uh, for the boxing sound, for sure. So, um, okay, yeah, it was, it was, that's what differentiated it at all. I like it. I like it, man. But um, yeah, I thought you were talking about for the women's fight. He was talking, but you're talking about at the end of the night, you could hear him talking. Yeah, yeah, I could hear him talking. So it okay. was a, it was a vo- it was a sound over that was a mistake on the 
the audio video tech guys out there, uh, and um, and they fixed it up. But I, that's how I knew. No, see, that, that's what different I'm saying. From like, everything. See, it still, it still doesn't. But you didn't watch the last fight, so you didn't watch any of the fights that came on ESPN, right? You already sleep. Nope. So you only saw no, the I fight. Was, I wasn't sleep. What you talking about sleep? I mean, not sleep. You were, yeah, yeah, champagne, you know. I'm sure that means you got a drink yeah. and you, you passed out probably about 830. But, man, I went to sleep at like so, 4 o'clock yesterday. Stop it. So that's funny. So so the main guys were doing, were doing, uh, were doing analysis and stuff on a fight, but they weren't getting broadcast. You were listening to. So you were listening to uh, B-Mac, you said, Bo-Mac, during the mid, during yep. the undercards, right? Yep, and he was for but you every heard fight them, that I heard of. You heard them somewhere, but you heard them talking also. That's that's funny. I wonder what that was. Yeah, I heard him in the – That wasn't on regular TV. Or maybe – no, that wasn't on regular TV. And I wonder if they switched over when the big fights came on. But you didn't watch them, so – you can't. You can't really answer. Yeah, because that. I, I, yeah, because I didn't know that the big fights would be on regular ESPN because I thought that's what they were gonna do initially, and then um, I had seen, um, I had uh, messaged uh, Michaela Mayo when she was gonna have her fight on, and she said uh, five fifteen, and I thought CT meant Central Time, but it it really meant Cali Time since she was from she's from Los Angeles. So I thought CT was Central Time, and that's what I told you. So I thought at three fifteen her fight was going to be on, but it really came on at five, like California time, as she mentioned. But the whole the whole premise of it all was yeah, different commentary and uh, the uh, and like they got a lot of guys out there. So like I said, I don't know if this the ESPN Plus app is not only a, a shine for or the fighters that don't get the notoriety that the others do on the main platform, but also for the guys that commentary. Because I don't know, I mean, I, I understand it's it's OKC and, you know, Bud Crawford from, from uh, Omaha, Nebraska, nearby. I don't know if they had some sort of uh, a camp or if it was just something that Bob Aaron put Bo Mack up to as far as being a, a commentator for the event on the ESPN Plus app. But it, it, it seems like a platform the money. more than just the fighters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Aaron just, yeah, Bob Aaron, hey, I. I didn't see it, but I think that's a great idea, you know, that now, you know, even though, you know, me, I can see the European fights if I want to, but this is the way for you to see the European fights. You get to catch out. You get to check out the undercards if you want to see that, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. It sounds like it's working out pretty good. I ain't paying yet, but what is it, four ninety nine, three ninety nine? dollars might be a way to don't have to worry bad. about the hassle. Yeah, for sure, because um, like I said, Willa, there's, uh, I know there's people out there who, look, you could either watch it on your, your laptop or you could watch it on your phone if you're on the go. Like I mentioned, when I was in L.A. Uh, trying to watch the uh, 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 Santa Cruz Marriage, um, I was able to watch the uh, Bud Crawford and Horn fight just on my handheld device. Now, I know people don't like that because, like, what if you want to have a fight party or something like that? Well, there's, there's things you could get from, you know, uh, uh, Walmart, Target, Radio Shack, whatever, where you could get the attachment for your television being plugged with an HDMI and then correctly in, directly into your phone, and bam, you can have it on there. Because I searched on my Apple TV. Oh, you can just have Samsung a smart TV. TV. It is 2018. The Apple TV definitely no, would have that. So, yeah, any TV, any new TV will have it. Me and you, we got old TVs. And you, 
Man, I got, 65, I got a 16.5 inch that's uh, 2016, but you know, I need a new one. But still, though, uh, it's a Samsung. Yeah, that's why I think I got sure the apps on it. That was right before the smart TVs came out, don't it? So we talk about now TVs. Days, I think I think the ESPA. I think like if I go to my dad's house, he's got the new TV. I'm pretty sure I can pull up the ESPN app on that. Yeah, because I went to mine yesterday and it did not have on the Samsung apps. Uh, it didn't have ESPN Plus. So um, I know for sure for anybody who uh, uh, doesn't have the Apple TVs or what else right now where you could get that app, you could definitely plug that shit in real easy and have everything through your phone today. So it, it, it might seem like, uh, why don't you have these fights on ESPN? Well, you're not going to have all of them on. You're just going to have the, the main ones whatsoever. But it seems like a really good idea. Uh, for a guy who is a really old man and still figuring out what the wave is going towards because the wave is going towards the streaming devices right now rather than the regularly televised cable programs, you know? Yeah, let's keep it 100. This this isn't the old man's idea, but kudos to the old man for having enough wherewithal to ride with whoever's idea this was and not try to fight it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I feel you. Um, that, that now, when they switched over to the televised being over in America, that OKC, which OKC had a party yesterday. We'll finish out the show talking about OKC's big fiasco they had. But they had Mike Alvarado, Mike Malha Alvarado, guy who's main event in fights with with Brandon Rios and Juan Manuel Marquez. But in a fight yesterday against a guy named Martin Martinez, who was really game. Martin Martinez is really game. But it was just a, it was a snoozer of a fight. The crowd was hardly there. You could hear the trainers throughout every single round. But Martin Martinez had a really ugly cut over his left eye, which basically went down his entire eyebrow. So his whole eyebrow was a big cut. And Mike Alvarado, the sad part about it is, Mike Alvarado got stunned at the end of the ninth round with five seconds. And he got stunned and he got a good good piece after the referee had initially paused the fight so the doctor could look at Martin Martinez's eye because the cut was that bad. And he came back with a strong fury for the last 15 seconds of the fight, stunned Mike Alvarado and gave him a two-piece after that. But ding, 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 the bell was over. And when he went to his corner, they would not allow him to come out just given the, the severity of the, the cut above his left eye. So Mike Alvarado gets the, the TKO in the ninth round by a cut of the eye. And it looks like, you know, the guy's 37 years old, Willis. He's um, had issues with drug and alcohol problems. And you always hear the stories about, you know, I'm refocused now and all this and that. But bottom line is, the guy's in the 140-pound division, and I know um, we had a cruiserweight tournament recently, and uh, I, I believe that they are having a, a tournament for the 140-pound division in which my guy, Jose Ramirez, is involved with. And you got guys like Regis Progress and things like that. So 140 definitely has some young contenders that are going to make some noise. 
But for Mike Alvarado, this is one of those wins that he picked up where it's like, yeah, I won the fight based off the guy's cut, but I didn't win the fight based off finishing performance. So Mike Alvarado, I don't know how he moves forward going along this one, but if he wants to, I understand some people fight because they have to fight towards the end, and I'm not so sure that's the case with Mike Alvarado, but it might be at the same time. But moving forward for Mike Alvarado after this this W right here, it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier for the guy and a 37-year-old who took a, a stunning and a couple, two pieces on his way out of the final round and picking up a win isn't that great in my opinion. Uh, your thoughts on this fight that happened right here, my man, and not only that, but the future for Mike Alvarado moving forward. Um, hey, first, I, was, I think I'm going to change the, uh, the title to the show to really game because that's what really all the opponents were tonight at top rank, even though they were all supposed to be showcases, all these guys came out there and they were really game. Uh, Alvarado, hey, man, this is a guy, like you said, he didn't. He looked all right against the bum till he almost, till it, till it was close at the end. But, uh, but, um, yeah, it was, he's a guy that came off of, Drugs and alcohol, like you said. Hey, if he's gonna fight, he's just gonna fight. I don't want to see. I want to see him do what's best for him. If that's fighting, then that's fighting, man. You know, we all saw the uh, the movie Southpaw. That guy, he needed to fight. You know, so maybe this is one of these situations. I don't know. He won. Uh, if he keeps on winning, he's gonna keep on fighting, and we'll see how it goes. But you know, I think Denver and OKC got a good connection there, so they. I'm sure he had a couple of fans in the building. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm sure he did, you know. So, again, for for another time, I want to say top rank seemed to put on a, a good-ass show, man, out there in OKC. Uh, yeah, I used to live out there. I lived out there for two years, man. And it's pretty, it's growing pretty, pretty big, man. It's good to see. So, yeah, shout-out to Alvarado. I'm not going to hate on him. I'm not going to say he needs to go because I don't know. With a guy his kind of background, this might be what he needs to just stay on track. So, do your thing, man. Yeah, for sure. Do your thing. Just stay out of there with top competition because when he was in there with Juan Manuel Marquez, you know, he damn he he, he almost got hit with that same punch Pacquiao got hit with and went to sleep. But Alvarado, you know, he got punched out punched out the fucking ring. But that's neither here nor there. So, but he's uh, not even. I mean, he was fighting guy. that. The 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 um the main event was at ten ten o'clock my time. He he fought at four thirty. So he's yeah, he fought close. early. Yeah, he's nowhere close to fighting uh fighting, you know, any anywhere big. He's just fighting, man. He's just fighting to get yeah, paid. Yeah. Stay on the right track, you know. I'm not Yeah, but like I said, they have they're having a uh, they're having a tournament coming up for hundred and forty pounds. Um so, you know, we'll see how it goes if he gets in there and, and how that all works out because when it comes to tournament style, you're getting your money, but you're going against top comp moving forward. They know, um, not saying that he was cherry picking or nothing like that. I'm just saying you're probably not going to get in any fights moving forward with a guy like Martin Martinez. So um, uh, best of luck to him moving forward. I I, I, I have no hate towards uh, Mike Alvarado or nothing like that. So hopefully he could uh, – 
uh, make the most of his career and, 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 and everything moving forward. But, um, you know, man, uh, that was pretty much uh, uh, all of the fights that we had that's going on over the weekend. The U.K. gets no respect from me to talk about any of the fights in the U.K. because the U.K. is just – there's no respect for him right now at this point in time because Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua's situation here and a lot of the A.J. protector standpoints of what – uh, reasoning behind being Deontay Wilder is afraid of the Joshua fight is why it's not happening. So I don't have any sort of agenda as far as moving forward and talking about the Conlon fight that was a snooze fest and all that bullshit that happened overseas across the pond. No, no diss to any of them or nothing like that, but we covered what fights were meaningful fights and that had to get the notoriety that they had. Personal opinion, don't care. Um, We'll see how things work out moving forward. But as far as we are moving right now, I just don't see fit for these fights that the gentlemen put on across the pond. And it, it just it, it did nothing for me. It did nothing for me in a day that was full of boxing. <laughs> it might be a United States salt for the whole Joshua Wilder situation. Well, it. Look, I might be just party pooping or something like that, which I try not to do. But you, when I when I let you know what was going on during the day, you've seen some of the fights that were happening, and, and it was basic U.K. fights where two gentlemen seemed like they didn't want to hurt each other too bad. Am I, should we cover anything that happened outside of the fights that we had just mentioned? Willa knows too. It was one of those kind of events. Exactly. <laughs> one of those kind of events. They don't fool nobody. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I guess we could uh, we could shift it to whatever the hell we want to talk to before we want to close it up out of here. But congratulations to the Houston Rockets for re-signing your man CP3. Props to them. I like the idea of not going with the narrative as far as teams building a super, super team to take out take out uh, 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 Golden State. But congratulations to that, Willa. And like I said earlier, with OKC having a party, much respect to Paul George for sticking with OKC, Russell Westbrook, and trying to figure a way out. So uh, congrats, Willa. Were you, uh, are you happy that they had maxed out Chris Paul? I know Trevor Ariza ended up signing going to the Suns. But uh, how's your whole take on what's going on in the NBA free agency fiasco right now? Uh, I, I we got to see, man. You know, Chris Paul. We're we're two. We're one quarter, two two quarters away from winning a winning a chip. But this guy always gets hurt. Yeah. So we'll see. They gave away Ariza. Ariza is a very important part of our team, but maybe if the African guy, Maya Mute, can stay healthy, get his shoulder healthy, he he can do the, about the same thing, maybe. We'll see. We'll see, man. I'm not uh, – we'll see how it all ends up at this point in time. OKC, they're, they are what they are. We're not worried about that. We got to see what we do. We got to see if Chris Paul's hamstrings stay together. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel you. I feel you. Um, like I said, I'm happy that the move happened because anything 
that doesn't benefit the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm all for that. So, um, from what Nick Wright says, LeBron James has made up his mind where he's going, but he will not announce until Tuesday. So, we'll figure out how this whole thing's going to go down. But, um, uh, Willie, you said we got Janelle on the line. Let's go to Janelle before we got to wrap up and get out of here and see if you've got any final thoughts upon uh, whether it be the boxing weekend or the NBA free agency that's been going on. Uh, Janelle, are you with the What's Outside on, the Boxing Podcast, my man? What's going on, brother? How you yeah. doing? Uh, uh, this heat wave right now in New York sat me with a pounded headache all day yesterday, and I, I missed all the fights, man. It's a serious heat wave right now in New York. A lot of people around my area have to be dehydrated. Went to the hospital. Oh, one guy actually died from dehydration. So I've just been trying to stay in the AC as much as possible today, man. But uh, as far What's as the whole NBA stuff goes, nah, man. We mean it's, it's like in the hundreds, man. They said, <laughs> y'all hitting hundreds? It's like I'm, it's like I'm back and forth. Hey, man. One thing about New York, man, it's always either too hot or too cold, man. <laughs> and and no such New York area. It gets hot up there, man. It gets hot. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm back in Florida today. It's like I'm back in Florida for these past few days because, like, the humidity is just crazy. But as far as the NBA stuff goes, I um, I disagree with you say about how our two our quarters away from winning a chip because I always felt like LeBron's only chance of winning a championship is unless he would have played Houston. Because I truly believe uh, Cavs would have beaten Houston. It. I'm in a seven-game series. And it would have been more competitive, too. Uh, Me, too. Uh, Golden State just has uh, Cleveland's number. And, again, all Cleveland has for Golden State is LeBron. And, uh, and uh, you're not going to beat those weapons with just one player. I'm sorry. But, I don't know, uh, they just have a good game plan for Cavs. As far as, like, when he goes, I I really want to see him stay in Cleveland, man. It would just be a legacy. I'm, I'm a shot to his legacy if he goes, like, to L.A., uh, especially if he goes to Golden State, because everybody's talking about, hey, oh, my God, it, it's rumored that he's going to sign with Golden State. Uh, uh, like he talked to uh, KD and wanted to join teams. I, I don't believe that shit, but if it's true, it's just going to be a slap in the face to his legacy, man. It's just like these super teams that's done hurt the NBA. I don't care what nobody says when Golden State done – or not Golden State, but KD hurt the NBA by joining a 73-win team. And I don't want to see no more of that shit go on. It, it just, it, it's just, like, not fair. But um, as far as uh, what else you ask now, up and coming fights, uh, I've been out of these past few days, so I don't even, I'm not even fucking thinking straight, honestly, man. These fucking heat waves is crazy. Um, oh, as far as app you were talking about, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it can be a little convenient because you could catch a European fight. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. But uh, my whole beef with it was that why did you put Bud Crawford? His first fight at welterweight, uh, going for Uh-oh. a title on that app, and that was the brief I had. I mean, I don't mind the app because the app will be convenient and stuff. But this is like, I mean, his first, his first fight, in my eyes, the best fighter in the world, uh, pound for pound. I mean, he put his first fight on the app. I mean, that was a slap in the face of Bud Crawford. Yeah, you know I mean, that was a complete slap in the face. Man. Uh, it was a slap in the face of my eyes. But uh, the app is actually pretty good because you can catch fights. From across seas that actually don't really be aired in America. Oh, you got to watch a link or whatever, but you can watch it on the app. And that's actually good for the sport. But a guy who's established like Crawford, who's already uh, destined for greatness, I, I mean, that was a slap in the face in my eyes. 
I have no problem with the app. Just don't put this uh, top-level fighter, his first fight at welterweight, on a fucking app. I'm sure the ratings wasn't all that high because of the app. I mean, I don't know what the ratings was, but I doubt that it was uh, really um, it actually before it stopped. You know what I mean? As far as, like, more people watched it because of the app. I mean, I actually missed it because of the app, you know? No, I see you. That, that, that this is the whole startup how this thing's gonna go. So um, uh, definitely interesting to see what kind of views they got going on. But uh, appreciate you calling, man. Uh, we we got to wrap it up and get up out of here. Uh, so uh, I hope you guys enjoy your Fourth of July weekend and have a good safe time on Wednesday. Uh, talking about fights coming up. I'll be in the Central California district of uh, Safe Mart Center where Jose Ramirez will be defending his first WBC title strap that he just picked up against Amir Iman in uh, Central Cali, and uh, I'm sure Willa will break that one down coming on Wednesday. But, Willa, anything that you got uh, that you want to finish up before we uh, close up here? Uh, no, I, I think I heard that uh, Clarissa Shields and, and the ladies got more, got got better ratings than uh, Joshua and Parker on Showtime, oh, something yeah. crazy like that. You know, oh, yeah, I heard that, a, too. <laughs> that's the L. Oh, yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah. That was a good fight, Tom. And I ain't talking about that fight. Oh, yeah, Christian Shields, she really showed a lot of um, heart. She showed a lot of heart in this fight. And I think her stock went up from that fight. She moved up in weight, and she dealt with adversity getting dropped, and she came back. That was actually, uh, that was really, uh, uh, she really uh, showed something that night. Well, yeah, shout definitely, out to definitely. Shields for doing that. And for Hammer, sure. she was part of that. Respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just goes to show Anthony Joshua isn't the biggest star in America, as people over there like to think, because the women got more views than Joshua Parker. And that one had a whole bunch of fireworks and hydraulic lifts for a guy who probably didn't deserve to be that high. But that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about it another day. But uh, as I mentioned, we got a time restriction, and we got to get up out of here. So uh, for Janelle, thank you for coming on and, and bringing on your point of view for some of the things that's going on in today's crazy world. Um, about, about join back with us on Wednesday. We'll talk about everything coming up for the weekend events in boxing. And uh, speaking for Willa from Houston, Texas, Janelle out there in the hot, hot times in New York. And speaking for myself, which is also heating up in the San Joaquin district of Central California with Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We'll be back Wednesday, uh, 9 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Pacific. And Willa, RC, Janelle, Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We out of here. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.